Amen. Thank you, Jeff. God's good. Can I have a witness on that? I, uh, I love that song that we sang during communion. Lord, I need you. Oh, I need you. And Lord, even this morning, we need you to bring a revelation to our hearts. And so, Lord, um, I thank you for your word that has come forth that today, God, you're going to bring us something that we need and uh, a new paradigm, uh, a, new, a new seeing the Holy Spirit in a different way. And so, Lord, I, I thank you that, um, I thank you, I just thank you for who you are. I thank you, Holy Spirit. I love you, Spirit of God. You are amazing. Father, I thank you for the Trinity, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. I thank you for the circle dance that the Father desires, what you desire, God, then Jesus makes sure and the Holy Spirit makes sure that they, they, they push each other towards each other and us towards all three of you. And so even today, God, as we celebrate the precious Holy Spirit, as we talk about Holy Spirit, Lord, I pray for a new revelation in our hearts I pray for even today, God, that there would come a revelation through the proclamation of your word. That today, God, um, even as we read the scripture, we would begin to see through the Old Testament and the New Testament how you, Holy Spirit, have always been around <laughs> and that you have always been moving in such power, performing the work of God. And so, Lord, we thank you for that. And so, Lord, I pray a softening of our hearts and a closing down of old paradigms that have kept Holy Spirit in a box. That, God, you would break off paradigms in our thinking that have hindered Holy Spirit from working in our lives individually. And so, Lord, do whatever you want to do today. Do whatever you want to do, however you want to do it even if you want to totally change what I declare, <laughs> we surrender because we need you. We need you. Just tell the Lord, I need you. Everyone in here, say, I need you, Lord. Say, Holy Spirit, I need you. Father God, I need you. How many want a relationship with all three in the Trinity? Not some cosmic force out in here, but right here. Yeah, praise God. Well, praise the Lord. I'm excited to share in the Word today. The Spirit of God has just been so sweet this morning, hasn't He? And I, I even appreciated the, uh, I almost went and read Ephesians uh, before we got started. That, uh, But this whole thing that you have been chosen by God, that you have been chosen by Him. That, he, that you are what he desires, that he pursued you. He came after you. I didn't find Jesus. He came after me through the power of the Holy Spirit. He came after me. Anybody else? I wasn't smart enough to get saved. <laughs> I wasn't smart enough. But boy, the Spirit of God began to work on my heart as a 12, 13-year-old. 
And he began to draw me into his presence. I thank God for the Holy Spirit. I thank God for the Spirit of God that draws men, that convicts men of sin, righteousness, and judgment to come. That man, I knew I was headed in a wrong path, but Holy Spirit was going, hey, hey, big boy, I'm coming after you. <laughs> and oh, how sweet it is to be loved by you. <laughs> Anybody else? Amen. Amen. Praise God. Well, we have. We've been talking about the Holy Spirit. I'm getting awful weepy already, so bear with me. We've been talking about the Holy Spirit oh, for several weeks. And, um, you know, we're talking about, um, you know, raising up a radical generation who walks in the supernatural power and presence of the Holy Spirit. Again, what we're talking about is raising up a generation, an army of people who walk in the Spirit, who walk in the power and the presence of Holy Spirit. Amen? That's who we are. And that's what we're going for. Amen? And so we've been talking about that for several weeks, and we've been in the Old Testament, and, um, but we do need, um, I've kind of built the need, and I've talked about why the Holy Spirit is so critical, but... I really want to encourage you today as I talk about this message, we need Holy Spirit because Holy Spirit is the one who gives you the power to overcome sin. Holy Spirit is the one that, that is, it gives you the, the, the manifestations of the gifts of the Spirit as He determines. The Holy Spirit is the one that gives you wisdom for your life and your parenting. If you're struggling with your children, I'm telling you, Holy Spirit's the one that brings a download into you on what you're to do with your children, with your people at work, when you are at a, a place of trouble in your life. I'm telling you, Holy Spirit is the one that begins to, to breathe the breath of God, the air of God, the, the very presence of God, and the power of God comes through Holy Spirit. And I know we've been talking about that, and I know I've repeated myself a lot on that, and even as we move into the New Testament this week, we're going to see again the same thing that we talked about in the Old Testament is going to be how we're going to be talking about today, but God really does want you to be empowered with the Holy Spirit. Can everybody say amen on that? Amen. You really do need the Holy Spirit in your life, and so we're going to talk more about that as we go today. But uh, we talked last week, I want to just small, quickly recap, because we don't have a lot of time, um, but I'm going to recap briefly about the Holy Spirit in the Old Testament. Last week we left off with this thing about how uh, after Malachi, after the last book of the Old Testament, there came a period of time of 400 years where the Holy Spirit went silent. You guys remember me talking about that last week? No visions. No angels, no powerful works, no prophetic words, no prophets declaring anything from God. And, and, and what began to happen in that 400-year period is they began to move to really exalting the, the five books of the Bible that Moses brought and the law of God, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy began to be highlighted and lifted up as the only really way that God was speaking to his people. And so the law began to be brought up because the Spirit of God was now a silent in Israel. 
Now, again, I want you to think about none of what we experienced here this morning, whether you think we're a bunch of crazy people or not. Imagine no Spirit of God moving this morning. No tears, no emotions, no Holy Spirit, no revelation. Only what you would come to church to hear would be me declaring the word of the law that you would to sacrifice this animal for this sacrifice, that you would have to obey the law in its requirements, in its legalistic aspects of the law, would be what you would hear today with the absence of the Holy Spirit. Church would be boring. Many churches today are boring because there is no spirit in the house. I've been to many. I was raised in one. <laughs> and so I'm very adamant about the Spirit of God because He brings life. Can I have an amen on that? So 400 years of that, no Spirit of God moving, no declarations, no angel visitations. And as we move from the Old Testament where Malachi leaves us and he says and he prophesies by the Holy Spirit in the he talks about the day of the Lord is coming and when the day of the Lord comes he will turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and hearts of the fathers or the hearts of the fathers to the children and hearts of the children to their fathers and then the silence comes and so now we're going to move from the Old Testament because here's what happened after Malachi's. I want you to realize, in the heart of Israel, in the very DNA of God's people, they knew that God was going to bring a restoration. All, they knew that through Joel's prophecy and Jeremiah's and all the prophets, they always talked about a future eschatological age. They always prophesied about what was to come. Joel said in the last days, I'm going to pour my spirit out on all. Everybody say all. All, all flesh. And so they knew, Israel knew that there was a time coming where the salvation of Israel, the deliverance of God's people, not just from war, but that there would be this season, that there would be this epoch that would come upon Israel when the salvation of Israel would come. And they knew the Messiah would bring that season. And so they were looking for it, Many, much like what we do today. I mean, we're looking for something from God, aren't we? Are we not looking? We know there's a revival. We know there's a move. We know that there's an outpouring of the Spirit of God. Though we see it in, 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 in small pockets and this type of thing, we know there's something more that's coming, do we not? Does anybody else feel it? We want it. Heck, I've been in this for 20 years. I mean, we, there's things I believe and I feel and we're beginning to see where, what God is doing. But there's more coming. Everybody say more. more. So Israel knew that man was going to be restored back to God in his original intent to take dominion. 
when, when Adam and Eve were in the garden, they were to take dominion over the earth. Is that not true? And that was taken away when they gave up their, their, their position of authority through sin. And Jesus has now accomplished our authority to get it back. Can I have an amen on that? And so they knew, the Old Testament Israel was always looking ahead for the spirit of the age to come. Their hope of divine power, cleansing, and renewing of creation by the Spirit would be the time of their final salvation. And so, they believed in a time when the Spirit would be freely dispensed to all of Israel, like I said, as, and, and not just to a few, but to all. And so, we're going to move from that time and, and knowing that Israel was feeling that and that we are in that same place. We're feeling something from God. We're sensing something from the Spirit of God. Are we not? Amen. And now as we begin the New Testament, what Israel had looked for and longed for was now coming. <laughs> as I said earlier, a new epoch is what it would be. A new era, a new season after 400 years of silence from the old testament the new testament was getting ready to be pinned scribed there was a new season that was beginning to happen and we're going to see how that started to come in on the scene as we move into the new testament are you guys cool with that today so we're going to move from the old testament and we're going to move into what was god doing so here's what we're going to do the Holy Spirit, as we, we start to talk about the New Testament, we're going to spend today, if you have your Bibles, I hope you do, whether it's electronic, on your phone, or your actual sword, I hope you have it today. We are going to be going to the book of Luke, and we're going to go to the first chapter of Luke today, and I'm going to break down some things and talk about, about that, but you can, if you want to, go ahead and get to the first chapter of Luke, because we're going to spend a lot of time there today. Does everybody love the Word of God? So we're moving from the Old Testament to the New Testament. Holy Spirit was coming back to God's people. In the New Testament, there is a continuity, a continuity of the terms of the Old Testament. Remember, we talked about the Greek or the Hebrew word ruach, and that the, the Hebrew word ruach meant wind of God, breath of God, and the spirit of ecstasy. Now we're moving into the New Testament, and Holy Spirit, his, his, the, the word for Holy Spirit is now pneuma. Because the New Testament is written in the Greek, and so the Greek word for Holy Spirit is pneuma. Ah, pneumonia, wind, breath, the same terminology is, is carrying over from the Old Testament to the New Testament. So Holy Spirit is still seen as the breath of God, the wind of God. Again, the spirit of ecstasy, he moves in power. So the terms are continuing to pass over from Old Testament to the New Testament as we studied it for the last several weeks. And so again, Holy Spirit is, again, as we move into the New Testament, you're going to see this today, Holy Spirit again is the power. Everybody say power. power. Holy Spirit is the power, power. behind God. I, I know I've repeated this over and over, and I'm going to wear it out. Because it's very important as the foundation in our hearts. Amen? So again, he's the power of God. So we're going to start in the first chapter. And if you've got your swords, this is your sword. Amen? Sword of the Spirit. And it is the Word of God that does the work. 
And so I'm going to give you just a little background as we move into the New Testament about the book of Luke. Now, Luke was a learned man. He was a doctor. Everybody say doctor. I want to make sure you're with me. And so Luke, this book was written, there's some discrepancy with all the scholars, but we're for our, sorry, we're going to use our rifle, approximately 30 years after Jesus is dead and resurrected is when the book of Luke was written. Now you say, why is that so important? Well, you got to realize that Luke has all, for the last 60 years, he has experienced all that has been taking place, and now he's writing to Theophilus, and Theophilus is the same guy that the book of Acts addresses. Now, we don't know exactly who Theophilus is because Theophilus is a guy that's not talked about a lot in the New Testament. Matter matter of fact, some theologians think that it is just a term for all of us because the word Theophilus literally means loved by God. His name means loved by God. It also means friend of God. So some even think that he wasn't an actual person. I believe he was a person. I'm just going with that. But his name means loved by God or friend of God. And so Luke is addressing him because Luke is saying something to him. He's saying, listen, listen, Theophilus, I want you to know what happened so that you can understand what we've been trying to teach you for the last 30 years. What Luke was doing was Luke was putting in writing all that he had seen and all that had been done. He was making a historical document through the book of Luke so that the people of God could see what took place as soon as the New Testament, you know, it's not like Jesus came on the scene and said, okay, part two of my word is going to be called the New Testament. Okay, that's not the way it happened. The Old Testament is a chronological uh, history of what took place and now the new epoch is just the new testament that has been made by his blood through the blood of christ the new start and so he begins to make this this designation of here we are new testament here we are old testament and here's what happened and so we're going to read a little bit of what happened because here's what's important today we're going to see today how the holy spirit begins to show up on the scene We're going to start to see, hey, there's been 400 years of silence, and now all of a sudden, after dead silence, no dreams, no divisions, no angels, all of a sudden, we find in Luke chapter 1, angels start showing up on the scene. Everybody say angel. We're not talking these fluffy things going like this. Angels are messengers from God. We're getting ready to see Gabriel show up on the scene. We're talking a high-ranking angel who stood in the very presence of Almighty God. He starts to show up on the scene, and he begins to make a declaration of the new epoch. He's saying, I've got something in my heart. This is what God has sent me to say. And we're getting ready to read it. You guys want to read it together? We have a lot of reading to do. Everybody like reading? There was so much to read, I didn't put it on the PowerPoint, so Adam's going to put up Luke chapter 1, and we're going to start with verse 5, and we are readers, we love to read, and we're going to read all the way through. This is one of the longest passages in the Word of God, it's almost 80 verses. You guys with me? Don't seem so excited, guys. I mean, I can hardly see it on your face. I'm joking. Lord Jesus, Mm, we thank you for the Word of God. 
I thank you, Holy Spirit, that you moved on Luke to write this, and we just receive it today in the name of Jesus. We thank you for your powerful word. I thank you, God, that we're going to now see how the Holy Spirit starts to show up in a powerful way in the New Testament. I thank you, God, for that. I thank you that you broke the 400 years of silence, and that silence is, no, is, is forever done away with because you're constantly speaking, Holy Spirit. So, Father, I thank you for it in Jesus' name. Everybody said amen. All right, so in the time of Herod, king of Judah, read with me if you want. I don't care if it's out loud or just silence. That's great. In the time of Herod, king of Judea, there was a priest named Zechariah. Everybody say Zechariah. Who belonged to the priestly division of Abijah. I don't know if I say it right, but we're going to say Abijah. His wife, Elizabeth, was also a descendant of Aaron. So we got it. We, I want to just look here. I mean, we're talking about these were from the line of Aaron, the priesthood. So all the way back to Moses, we have Aaron's descendants are now coming, and, and we're, 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 we're going to see some powerful stuff here. I don't know whether I want to do it from here or up there. Adam, if you'll keep going, buddy, I'll just go with you. All right. Both of them were righteous in the sight of God. Look at this. Observing all the Lord's commands and decrees blamelessly. What were they doing? Remember we talked about how the law became so high? And I'm telling you, they were following the law flawlessly. But they were childless because Elizabeth was not able to conceive, and they were both very you know what old is? In other words, the Bible's saying her womb was dead and uh, he was shooting blanks. <laughs> All right, so let's keep going. I'm glad I got a rise from you guys. You say I are still listening. Once when Zachariah's division was on duty, God, I'm sorry, but help us. Once when Zechariah's division was on duty and he was serving as priest before God. So again, he's observing the law. He is going in as a priest of God and he would go into the Holy of Holies. Now, they had like 24,000 priests, guys. The reason they did it, because no one priest would ever repeat the same thing. So as he's getting ready to go into the Holy of Holies to burn incense before the Lord, they casted lots to see which priest would do that. And that's what we're getting ready to read. So he was getting ready to do it. He was chosen by lot, according to the custom of the priesthood, to go into the temple of the Lord and burn incense. And when the time for the burning of incense came, all the assembled worshipers were praying outside. Because remember, there was the outer courts where the people of God prayed. And the priests would go into the Holy of Holies, into the inner sanctuary, on behalf of the people. Then an angel of the Lord appeared to him standing at the right side of the altar. Oh, man, guys, come on, let's take a look at this now. We'll act like this is the altar, and he is now preparing the incense to burn. And Gabriel, <laughs> I don't, I think he'd probably be about up here somewhere. He stands before the right side of the altar. Now, guys, let's remember we had 400 years of silence. We had 400 years of no visitation, no angels. Now, what do you think you would do? I would probably pee my pants. I'm just saying, it's not a common occurrence now. 400 years, that's a long par five. And Zechariah is startled and was gripped with fear. Startled and gripped with fear. 
I think he was going, dang, who are you? No, he was scared. But the angel of the Lord said to him, don't be afraid, Zechariah. Your prayer has been heard. Your wife, Elizabeth, will bear you a son, and you will call him John. Woo! Holy Spirit just opened a womb. An angel's calling forth. This is what I'm getting ready, God's getting ready to do. God has a plan. Holy Spirit shows up, and he brings the two together. And there's going to be conception here soon. All right. You ready with this? Okay. So this is pretty big stuff, right? The angel's showing up and making declaration. Let's keep going. He will be a joy and a delight to you, and many will rejoice because of his birth. For he will be great in the sight of the Lord. He is never to take wine or other fermented drink, and he will be filled with the Holy Spirit even from birth. He will bring back many of the people of Israel to the Lord their God. And he will go on before the Lord in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the parents to their children. Ha, we read that out of Malachi. Hello, last prophecy of the word of God. Now the angel is declaring that last prophecy and saying, I'm going to turn the children back to their parents. Do you guys see that? And the disobedient to the wisdom of the righteous to make ready, to make ready, to make ready a people prepare for the Lord. Get ready, get ready, get ready. So Zechariah asked the angel, how in the world can I be sure of this? I am an old man and my wife is well along in years. And the angel said to him, I am Gabriel. <laughs> I stand in the presence of Almighty God. And I have been sent to speak to you and tell you this good news. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Okay. And now you will be silent and not able to speak until the day this happens because you did not believe my words which will come true at their appointed time ouch priest of God let's keep going we'll, we'll talk about that in a little bit meanwhile the people were waiting for Zechariah and wondering why he stayed so long in the temple that incense shouldn't have taken that long my, pay, my guess is he still had to clean himself up <laughs> When he came out, he could not speak to them. They realized he had seen a vision in the temple, for he kept making signs to them, but remained unable to speak. When his time of service was completed, he, he went home. After this, his wife Elizabeth became, everybody say it, pregnant. And for five months, she remained in seclusion. So she went into privacy. She went into seclusion, okay? Now, they lived in the hill country of Judea, which was down here, and... Well, we'll get there later. Okay, keep going. I'm, I'm, I'm getting in a rabbit trail, but it's kind of exciting to me. Okay, so the Lord has done this for me, she said. In these days, he has shown his favor and taken away my disgrace among the people. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God now sends the angel Gabriel to Nazareth. Okay, a town in Galilee. So again, Nazareth is up here. The, let's see. Let's do it this way. All right. So we have the, Red, the, the Mediterranean Sea right here. And we, Nazareth is up here, and Zechariah and uh, uh, Elizabeth, thank you, are down here closer to the Dead Sea. There's about an 80-mile difference, okay? So, can you go back one? In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, she's six months along, God sends the Abel to Gabriel to, to Nazareth, a town in Galilee up north. Now, go ahead and move to the next one. 
to a virgin pledged to be married to, to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. Keep going. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Okay, so this is the second time Gabriel's showing up. I'm talking Mary's probably 14 to 16 years of age, young girl, never heard from the Spirit of God. Nothing's ever happened like this. And he shows up. Mary's really greatly troubled, it says, at his words, and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. Uh, you think? But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you are to call him Jesus, our Lord and Savior. Amen. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never, ever end. Everybody say, never end. His kingdom will never end. How will this be, Mary asked the angel, since I am a virgin? The angel answered, the Holy Ghost will come on you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Mm. Even Elizabeth, your relative, now the angel's given her some insight to the story. Now let's take a talk about it. We're talking about an 80-mile difference between Nazareth and the hillside of Judea. Okay, there's no way the information. So she's getting a word of knowledge from an angel. Hey, your cousin Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age, and she, who was said to be unable to conceive, is in her sixth month. Mary's probably going, yeah, dang. Elizabeth's going to have a baby. I, I don't know about you. I've been barren. Oh, we were barren for seven years. I know what it's like when you find out you're pregnant or you find out a relative is pregnant when they've been longing for a child for a long period of time. Dang, you get excited because God's good. Can I have an amen on that, Chad? For no word for, from God will ever fail. Now, if you go to the uh, King James, it says what we sang this morning, this morning when Mike started to sing, it says, nothing is impossible with God. And I was going, oh, dang, Lord, you're going to do something today. There is nothing impossible with God. <laughs> Not even 12 o'clock is impossible for you, Jesus. I'm the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May your word, be, may your word to me be fulfilled. Then the angel left her. At that time, Mary got ready and hurried to a town in the hill, called hill country of Judea. I know this is a lot, but guys, bear with me. Where she entered Zachariah's home and greeted Elizabeth. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the baby leaped in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. Dang. No hands laid on her. Holy Spirit filled her. The baby <laughs> leaped. That's called a hard kick. Exit stage left for that little baby up here, man. In Jesus' name. Look what she does. In a loud voice, Elizabeth exclaimed, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the child you will bear. 
she begins to word of knowledge back to Mary. But why am I so favored, Elizabeth says, that the mother of my Lord should come to me? Guys, no one told her that the king of glory was inside of Mary. No one told her by natural that she was carrying her Lord. Elizabeth was saying, why am I so blessed that I, that I would be in the presence of the mother of my Lord? Man, that's a new revelation. That's Holy Ghost. That's called word of knowledge. That's called... Something happening that hadn't been happening for 400 years. As soon as the sound of your greeting reached my ears, Elizabeth says, the baby in my womb leaped for joy. So if you can just imagine. So here's what I'm going to do. because We're going to talk about this more next week. Because, man, there's some really good stuff that's jacked in here. So just imagine, if you would, with me. Elizabeth and Mary, I mean, Mary, 15, 16 years old, traveled all the way from Nazareth, 80 miles. That's a four-day journey. They say the average they traveled was about 20 miles a day on a good day. So as soon as she finds out that the Holy Ghost has come by Gabriel with the, the, the declaration of the angel, she heads down to the Judea. Immediately, and she stays for three months with Elizabeth. Why do you think she went down there? I don't know. Good question, right? Why do you think she went down there? She was excited that her cousin, which was a lot older than her, was pregnant and she wanted to see her I'm sure she also wanted to probably tell her the good news of the crazy thing that just took place in me as the Holy Spirit has overshadowed me blessed is she who has believed that the Lord would fulfill his promises to her go read this real quick God how do you want me to go today dear Jesus And Mary says, my soul glorifies the Lord. And my spirit rejoices in God, my Savior. For he has been mindful of the humble state of his servant. From now on, all generations will, be, will call me blessed. And Mary begins to sing this beautiful song. She begins to sing this beautiful song about what the Lord has done and what he's doing. For the mighty one has done great things for me. Holy is his name. His mercy extends to those who fear him from generation to generation. He has performed mighty deeds and his arm has been scattered. He has scattered those who are proud in their inmost thoughts. He has brought down rulers from their thrones but has lifted up the humble. He has filled the hungry with good things. He has sent the rich away empty. He has helped his servant Israel remembering to be merciful to Abraham and his descendants forever just as he promised our ancestors. Mary stayed with Elizabeth for about three months and then returned home. 
when it was time for Elizabeth to have her baby, she gave birth to a son. Her neighbors and relatives heard that the Lord had shown her great mercy, and they shared her joy. On the eighth day, they came to circumcise the child, and they were going to name him after his father, Zechariah. But his mother spoke up and said, oh, no, 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 he is to be called John. They said to her, there is no one among your relatives who has that name. Then they made signs to his father to find out what he would name the child. And he asked for a writing tablet. And to everyone's astonishment, he wrote, his name is John. <laughs> this fires me up. Do you see anybody else? Immediately, his mouth was open. Zachariah could now speak. And, he said, and his tongue was free. And he began to speak, praising God. And all the neighbors were filled with awe. And throughout the hill country of Judea, people were talking about all these things. Everyone who heard this wonderful, who all, <laughs> everyone who heard this wondered about it, asking, what then is this child going to be? For the Lord's hand was with him. His father, Zechariah, was filled with the Holy Spirit and prophesied. And I'm going to stop here for a minute. And we're going to put this down for a second. He begins to proph prophesy about the consolation of Israel. He begins to prophesy about what Jesus was going to come on the scene. He read it. You guys need to go to Luke chapter 1. You got homework, okay? You need to read this stuff. And he, he begins to prophesy not only about Jesus, he prophesies about his son John and how John was going to come and prepare the way of the Lord. Here's where, I, here's where I'm going to leave us today. I want you to ponder on this. We might, we're going to probably have some prayer as well. Show my PowerPoint, just a couple things on my PowerPoint. You guys with me for about 10 more minutes, 15 more minutes? Because this is really part of the, and I know I've mentioned this already in our, in our previous messages, but it, it, I just want to make this because I really believe God's doing something in our hearts, and he's wanting to, to speak something in the paradigm shift in our thinking uh, about the Holy Spirit coming to us. Everybody say, Holy Spirit coming to us. Holy Spirit coming to me. Yeah. Okay, so Luke 1.15 was about John. He will be great in the sight of the Lord. He is never to take wine or other fermented drink. That's one of the reasons why I don't drink alcohol. I don't drink it. The reason I don't drink alcohol, I've been set aside for the Lord. I really have. You can do whatever you think you can have freedom doing. I'm not here against alcohol. I'm just saying John was set aside. I have been wholly set aside for the Lord for a purpose and a reason. That's why I don't do alcohol. You can do what you want. Maybe I stepped on some toes. Praise God. And he will be filled with the Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit, even from birth. Amen. The next one. About Mary. The angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Now, again, the first one, John, will be filled. And I would look at this and I said, but why is Mary just going to be coming upon her? Why is the Spirit of God overshadowing her? That's another message, part two. But, I want, but that's Old Testament, okay, is where I'm going today. Let's look at the next one. On Zechariah, Zach, or Elizabeth, Elizabeth prophesies the word of the Lord 
Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. In a loud voice, she exclaimed, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the child you will bear. And then Zechariah, show him again as well. Zechariah was filled with the Holy Spirit and prophesied. And so go to my next slide, if you don't mind, because I want to break down the Greek definition, because here's what I want to talk about briefly before we leave, because I really believe God is wanting to do something in your guys' heart, not only today, but in the weeks to come. I believe God's doing something with the Holy Spirit in our hearts. Can I have an amen on that? I believe God's wanting you to want something more than you have ever wanted it before. And it goes back to even what Tom's message was a couple weeks when he talked about counterfeit Christians. When Tom was talking about there are many in the body of Christ, you say they're in the body of Christ, but there is no fruit of their salvation. And we have to really examine ourselves. And Tom really challenged us to examine ourselves if we really are in the faith. If we really have been converted, if we really have come to know the Lord of glory and who he really is, have we been converted? And man, five or six people got saved. The Lord did some powerful things that week. I need to leave more often. Joking. But the same thing is true. Many people think they have the Holy Spirit. And you're going to see through this that many people, the Holy Spirit, is around them he's upon them or whatever but let's look at this the greek definition for upon is to be beside i'm beside the communion table to be adjacent to it to be next to it to be towards or above that's what they talked about in the old testament that the holy spirit came and was with he was abiding by them are you do you see the difference and Webster's definition says approximate contact with or close. Let's go to being filled. The word filled literally means something different. Can we go to the next one? Filled, the Greek definition, to become. Everybody say to become. become. To become generously supplied with. The Webster's dictionary means to be full, made full, to occupy full capacity. So here's what I'm saying is, and where I want us to go is this is more of what the Holy Spirit coming upon you is. There's, I have a bucket of water. I'm around the water. But being filled is this thing where the filling of the Holy Spirit, this definition is this. Becoming filled. Becoming filled filled and continuing to be filled and continuing to be filled it's the it's becoming filled becoming filled it doesn't stop it's not a one-time event people think i got filled with the holy ghost so i don't need anything else no you leak man you see how i'm leaking you leak we're talking about becoming filled do you see that guys you're to becoming filled this is you and the holy ghost you're supposed to be getting more and more and more and more and more and more it should never stop it's not a destination it's becoming I've not been filling myself up with Holy Ghost. When I, before I went to the sabbatical, 
Some of me was empty. Parts of me were full. Becoming filled. Becoming filled. Holy Spirit, I'm desperate for you. I'm desperate for you, Holy Spirit. Anybody feel that? That almost has a beautiful sound. Listen, being filled. Becoming filled. I'm crying, guys. Anybody want that? So church doesn't become a time and a location. It becomes a place where you come and you get filled. And you go home and you get filled. And you read your Bible and you get filled. And you pray in the Holy Ghost and you get filled. You put on worship music and you begin to get filled. And you begin to cry and you begin to worship and you begin to get moved by the Spirit of God as He is filling you. Or we can go back to Him just being around us. Now here's what happens on a Sunday morning. For some people, you're experiencing the Holy Ghost overflow from other people. You're looking out and you're going, and here's the part where I think the word that Jeff had is this word for, that Jeff had about don't shut down and don't resist the word. I think this is for you folks who you've probably been satisfied with just being around the Holy Spirit, but sometimes it just looks a little too radical. And so you want to stay maybe in the vicinity adjacent to the Holy Ghost or arm's link from the Holy Ghost. If you're like me, when I came into the things of the Spirit, I was pretty questionable. I was like, man, oh man, they are some weird folk. Can I have a witness? Man, the longer I went, it was like, man, there's something there. There's something they got that I ain't got. I was enjoying hanging around them, but I wasn't dipping from that wine. You're going to have to convince me, boy, that that Holy Ghost is really what you're saying it is. <laughs> and so, uh, you probably know this about me, I'm a real thinker, and I'm a real, it has to be in the Word, and, and so I started studying the Word of God, and I started reading, and I started reading. And it's like, well, then I went to this thing, and I said, well, if the God wants me to have the Holy Ghost, <laughs> He'll just do it. So I was no longer responsible to go after it. Not it. I was no longer responsible to go after him. If it was all up to him. If he wanted to come to me, I'll just be here. I was going to be adjacent with him and close to his presence. But that filling stuff, I was too proud. I wanted to look a little more dignified than that tongue-talking group. Yeah. B-I-N-G-O, B-I-N-G-O. Nandai bow tie, whatever tie you got tie. Yep. 
Holy Ghost starts dealing with me. And I'm at a church service. And this lady evangelist comes. And it's a church a lot smaller than this one. And she said, tonight, there's going to be people filled with the Holy Ghost. The Holy, power, the Holy Spirit and power. And here's what happened. She asked if anybody wanted to receive it. I stood up. I said, I want the Holy Spirit. There were about four or five of us that stood up in that congregation. Wind of God came. Wind of God came. And I started acting like a fool. Praise the Lord. I began to receive a heavenly language that came upon me. As I began to give my mouth utterance, I had to cooperate with the Spirit of God, but I had to want to be filled. I had come so dissatisfied with just hanging around Him. I wanted to be filled. I wanted to become generous supplied with the Holy Spirit. Anybody getting a picture of that? And here's what I'm saying. Many of you have leaked over the years like I did. And I'm going to move and I'm going to ask you is there anybody that wants to be filled with the Holy Spirit? Is there anyone who wants to be filled with the Holy Spirit? there will be evidence there will be evidence and if you're here today and you've been playing around the ed edge of the Holy Spirit and you're not too sure I know I haven't given a I have a lot more scripture here that I could give you about how the Holy Spirit wants to fill us but all you need is the conviction of the Holy Spirit dealing with your heart right now and a willing heart to say yes I want the Holy Spirit if you would stand up with me Praise God. Altar team, if you wouldn't mind coming up here. The Lord told me there were going to be several people get filled with the Holy Spirit today. And we've got some wonderful people. It doesn't require hands being laid on, but that is generally in the Word of God how it happened. Is people would have hands laid on them. Here's what I want to give us some instruction, though. You have to open your mouth. <laughs> in, in the Word of God, in, in, in Acts, nine times out of ten, when someone was filled with the Holy Spirit, they spoke in tongues. Now, there are all the other, excuse me, pardon me, there are other situations where they spoke the Word of God boldly, they prophesied, but there, is, there will be an evidence, I promise you, with the Holy Spirit. Elizabeth had a word of knowledge. Zechariah prophesied. John the Baptist leaped inside the womb of his mother. I could go to you and I can show you scripture after scripture after scripture after scripture about something takes place inside of you. 
But I'm here to say to you, if you want the Holy Spirit, we're not going to embarrass you, but you have to want it. Holy Spirit is already here. If you've accepted Christ, even if you haven't accepted Christ, we will lead you to Christ. And you will also receive the Holy Spirit and power. So what we're going to do is we're going to open up this time. If you're here this morning, I know there's many. I know there's some of you that you've been hungry for it. You've been scared about it. You've been putting it off. You've been wondering. You've been whatever. I understand that. I was like, and I want you to know, man, just be bold. Get up out of your seat. And I want to encourage you to come. I want to encourage you to come up with somebody. I know this is awkward. You got people here. And it's really, really awkward. Maybe you're here today and you have already been filled with the Holy Spirit, but you've been leaking so bad you're needing a touch from the Spirit of God again because your cup is no longer full, but you have been leaking and you need to be refilled with the Holy Spirit. There's, a, there's a scriptures in, the, in Acts where they were refilled again and again. And you need this. And if that's you, you need to get up here as well. I'm putting pressure on you, I know, because the Holy Spirit's telling us to do it. we got a lot of people up here who want to pray for you. And what we're going to do is we're going to dismiss service, and we're going to do business with the Spirit of God. Is anybody willing to do that? Okay, everybody close your eyes. I'll dismiss those who want to leave here shortly. But there's going to be some that don't leave. And there's going to be some that come up here. Here's my question to you. Are you filled with the Holy Spirit? Holy Spirit was now coming to fill people, and He's here to fill you. Ask, am I filled with the Holy Spirit? Is there an evidence? Is there a power? Is there a boldness? Is there gifts in my life operating? Am I filled with the Holy Spirit? And if the answer is no, or you're not sure, wow, what an opportunity this morning to see Holy Spirit come and move in your heart. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Mike, if you wouldn't mind getting on the guitar. And just sing that song, I need you. Holy Spirit, I need you. If you don't mind, brother. If you need to leave, you are free to go right now. If the Spirit of God's not dealing with you, just please be quiet because I know the Spirit of God is dealing with others. And we'll just dismiss service right now and we'll allow you to go. Take all your conversation out there. But if you're here and you're struggling, I really want you to take time to honor the Lord and to honor the Holy Spirit and be refilled today by the Holy Spirit. Thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. So please, you're welcome to leave if you want. If you're here today and you just need prayer, here's what the Lord showed me as well, is when we receive the Holy Spirit, we receive power. And maybe you've been believing God for healing or deliverance or, or, or breakthrough in your life. It's the Holy Spirit that brings it. And so even if you're here today and you need some breakthrough in your life, I want to encourage you to have, these, have, have the altar team pray with you as well. But let's take this time as we begin to sing this song. I want you to respond to the Spirit of God today.
and uh, obey him in what he's wanting to do in your heart. Amen. In Jesus' name. Come. Come. Allow the Spirit of God to, to fill you. Come. Please, come. Come. Allow the Lord to do what he wants to do in you. Tell him you need him. Holy Spirit, thank you. Come. Who needs filled? Who needs refreshing? Who needs an outpouring of the Holy Spirit? Come, allow the Spirit of God to deal with you. Allow the Holy Spirit to fill you. In Jesus' name, Father, I thank you. I thank you, God.